I will never forget something that happened to me years ago. And I was on my way out the door, starting a brand new job, saying goodbye to my wife, coffee in hand. And she said something to me that she didn't mean for it to be offensive, but it shocked me. It it kind of, it, it had me a little butthurt. I got to be honest with you. And, uh, but when I look back on this particular moment, and once I processed what she said and did something about it, I can point to that moment as the moment my life dramatically changed. In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, I'm going to tell you all about it. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our 2022 sales training program. I'm going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. If you'd like to learn more now, please visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales22. So I want to get right down to business, folks. And I want to tell you about this interaction I had uh, with Mrs. Uncle Paul. And uh, it was one of those things, like I said before. Did you ever have someone say something to you that at first it rubs you the wrong way? Maybe your ego gets a little bit in the way and it's like, well, you know, like F you, right? Like just want to like go back at them. But when you kind of ask the ego to leave the room and you thought about it, you're like, you know what? This person is exactly right. And there's a lesson here. And uh, it was something I needed to hear. And... um Here's what happened. So on the way out the door, hey, have a good day, honey. Love you, all that kind of stuff. And she said, Paul, I just want to say something to you. You ready for this, folks? She said, stop holding back. And I, I go, what? You know, what are you talking about? Like, I, I didn't even know what she meant at that point. So I couldn't get offended yet. And she goes, no, you, you, you know, for years now, you've held back. And... You know, I know you're afraid. And I know that, you know, you, you've had some failures. But at some point along the line, you stop taking the risks. And you stop trying really, really hard. Now, she wasn't calling me like a lazy bastard or you suck or, you know, you're a shitty husband or anything like that. What she was referring to was um, back in 1995, we had a business that failed. And um, boy, did I get my ass kicked on on the way out of that business, man. It's like um, what I the way I describe it is, you know, everybody. It's going to sound sick. I'm going to say, I hope everyone listening to this at one point of their life has had kind of a sobering type of ass kicking that you've received because sometimes it's humbling, right? And you know, we needed to get knocked down a few pages. Well, this was not just a sobering ass kicking. This is like I want you to imagine 
you know, you're in sixth grade and you not only get the shit kicked out of you in front of the entire freaking class, right? You even have kindergarten kids go, oh, that's funny. Look at him. He's getting the shit kicked out of him, right? If they're allowed to say shit when they're five. Um, I wasn't. I don't know about you guys. But, <laughs> and, but, but not only getting your ass kicked, but then the bully giving you like almost like an in- inoperable wedgie. Right, almost like where you look like a sumo wrestler type of wedgie, and then hoisting you up by your underpants and parading you around in front of the entire school, like you know, like hey, look who's my bitch now, right? That's how I felt when my business went under in '95, and um, as a result, because I had felt at the time I had given it my all. And I failed. It's almost like you're jaded. It's like, you know, all this stuff about applying yourself and doing the right thing and everything. You know, you become almost jaded. Like, ah, it doesn't work. Right? And um, what happened in my case was I really did not subconsciously want to fail again. So I avoided really putting myself out there and taking the risks that I once did and having those, you know, billion pound balls of steel that, you know, in the past really, you know, up until the point where I had failed had served me well. And you kind of think, well, no, it's all that. And really what it is, and maybe you've experienced this too. And when you really think about it, maybe you'll come to this conclusion too. It's that we don't want to have that feeling of failure. And I, I feel the brain is such a remarkable thing, right, on many levels. And in, in, on one hand, it is, it is protecting us, right? It is keeping us away from those things that are unpleasant, that, that, that painful feeling like, you know, rejection and, ha, ha, you effed up again and... And again, the whole school laughing around as I get paraded around in that with that inoperable wedgie. But, you know, it also, in doing that, keeping us away from things is, you know, keeping us away from many times the necessary step on the way to success. So I thought this would be a good episode for us to talk about this issue, right, that many of us have faced, and uh, because of the timing of things. I mean, right now, here it is, it is uh, officially month-end, even though the business day month-end was about two days ago, right? Today is July 31st, and you might be coming off of a bad month, and uh Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe uh, you're coming off of a bad quarter or a bad year. Or you've just had a just a really bad run of things. And you know what, too? Just um, as a side note, I want to say this. This really wasn't something I was planning on sharing. But I shared this a while ago. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you, man, the last year... It was like, you know, if I could send it back and trade it in for a, a, a better year, uh, I really would. You know, I guess technically speaking, anyway, I would. But, um, I mean, in the last year, I um, had my brother, who I was very close to, 
pass away. My wife diagnosed with stage three cancer, double mastectomy, all kinds of surgeries, uh, in the hospital several times with infections and all kinds of good stuff. Thank God um, we have the whole ordeal almost behind us now. Chemo is done. Radiation, we have about two more weeks of her going every single day. And um, fingers crossed, I am expecting a, you know, a status of being in uh, remission. Um, But all kinds of stuff like that. The other brother that I'm very close to, I just found out, um, he's going to be moving down to North Carolina. A few months before that, he had, you know, a massive stroke. And he's fine now, thank God. But, I mean, I could sit here and dwell on all this. You might be thinking, oh, my God, I kind of came into this podcast for a little pick-me-up. Castane's bringing me down. No. I just want to tell you that probably the old Paul, like the guy who, you know, had to have his wife kind of tell him about holding back, would have looked at all these things and said, yeah, so, you know, I'm just not going to try as hard, man. I don't need another failure, man. I got enough shit going on, right? I got enough failures this year or whatever. But all things considered, I really like, remember I said before, remember I said, you know, technically I've had a, like kind of on the surface, you know, I don't know, losing your brother and you're like, I having a stroke, moving away, your wife, stage three cancer and all. But I could tell you a lot of great things that happened, including, you know, getting closer with my wife and my family and, you know, even the gift of realizing that, you know, this is all borrowed time, folks. This is you know, it's not going to be permanent. And, you know, we really have to make the most of what we have while we have it, be more present. So there's a lot of gifts that way. But again, the old Paul would have just kind of said, all right, well, you know, I I, I can't have any more failure this year or whatever. Um, but I want to point something out to you, okay? Because again, this the whole purpose of today's thing is not to have a downer, and have everybody slitting their freaking wrists at the end of this damn podcast here, at least getting pretty drunk at the bar afterwards, right? I might join you. After, I might need a drink after this. But I'm going to tell you something. You might be inclined. I felt like I just hit puberty there. You might, you know, you might be inclined to hold back after you've had a bad month or a bad few months, a bad run, um, you know, shit luck, whatever, whatever it is that you want to call it. But I just want to tell you about a few things that might just cheer you up. And I remember I did a keynote speech a few years back, and uh, I talked about some of the things I'm about to talk about with you. All right, so I want to throw some things at you, kind of like some famous failures that I want you to know about. And man, we could we could do an entire episode on this, but I want to just point some things out to you. That book, <clears throat> Chicken Soup for the Soul, which has made a gazillion dollars, by the way. Um, and it's published in God knows how many languages and everything else. One of the top sellers of all time. I mean, it's right in the top 10 list, like with the Bible and things like that. They were rejected it was like over 140 times. They were rejected before somebody said, I'll publish your book. Rocky, right? I mean, how many damn Rocky movies were there? Like Rocky, like up to like 75 or something. Um, And I make fun of it, but I watched every damn one of them, including the Creed movies, uh, because I've always find them very motivational, especially the, the training montage, man. You got the music going, there he is running through the street 
And there I am sometimes when I get all liquored up, I can't even get out of the damn chair without falling down, making an asshole of myself. But um, when Rocky wrote that script for the original Rocky, I'm, I'm guessing, what was what did it come out, like 76, 77? And uh, when he wrote that, he was turned down, I think, like 1,400 times. And I want to tell you something. He actually, you know, look it up, folks, right? I mean, because I, I heard this on the interwebs, so it must be true. He uh, he actually was getting pretty freaking broke in the process. He got uh, he, he he needed money, so you know he was in so desperate need of cash. He sold his dog, and um, actually, in the original, you know, the very first Rocky, <coughs> there is uh, his dog in there, Butkus, whatever the dog's name was. Uh, that actually is Sylvester Stallone's dog. Or was, right? I mean, if the dog was still around now, he'd be about the equivalent of about 750. But you guys get the point, right? So, but what happened was when he finally sold the dog or whatever, uh, when he finally, I'm sorry, got the contract to, to, to make the movie, he got a little bit of an influx of cash. He was able to buy the dog back at, at a pretty hefty profit, I might add. But one stipulation was um, the guy who um, he sold it to wanted to get like a bit part in the movie, like in the background or something like that. So a little bit of useless trivia for you or useful if you uh, if you're in a a trivia tournament and that question comes up, I'm just going to say it now. You're welcome. Next, I'll throw another one at you. Um, Bet you didn't know this one Um, when Google was founded right i mean we all like heard the stories right they were basically they started in a garage just like apple and a lot of these other companies right right in the garage but when they started to get kind of a viable product they actually approached yahoo and they were (laughs) they were turned down they were turned down by yahoo um i i (laughs) my inner smart ass right now um, would have me share with you that if I were one of the founders of Google and Yahoo turned me down, I would have to go into the newspaper or do a screenshot or whatever the hell it is, right, of their stock price, Yahoo, versus Google's stock price, and then draw a little, you know, like a little thing, you, and the other one, me, and then a little stick figure figure in my likeness of me giving them the finger. Because, I mean, what a stupid business decision that was, right? Not to buy them. I will tell you, if we have any sport fans out there, any baseball fans, your favorite baseball player has struck out more times than they've hit the ball. I want you to think about that. They have struck out more times than they've hit the ball. Way back when, even before I was born, in 1876, Western Union rejected an opportunity to, uh, to purchase a newly invented device called the telephone. By the way, I believe this to be true, that that one right there has gone down. Again, if you look it up on the interwebs, 
as uh, that's gone down as like the worst business decision ever. So imagine being that jackass. That's yeah, yeah that was my idea. You know, I'm just gonna go over here and just uh, <laughs> just uh, fade away. Also, I will tell you something else. Um, we've heard lots of stories. I know he's in these motivational things, these speeches, and a lot of these motiva- quote-unquote motivational speakers think that we haven't already heard the motivational story a gazillion times. And one of them I know you've heard, right, on the surface. And that's why you got to hear me out because there's another side to this. I call the story the other side to Edison. Aside from the fact that he was pretty much a prick, by the way. Look that up on the interwebs, too. Along with Steve Jobs. Look look those mofos up. But seriously, um, we've all heard the story about Edison and how many times he failed. And, you know, I, I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways not to do whatever, not to invent the light bulb. Order. You heard that one. But I'm going to tell you a story you haven't. And here's how it goes. Um, there was an interview where, you know, way back when, when Edison was getting close to the point of inventing inventing the light bulb. And he's being interviewed. And the interviewer noted how excited and, and happy, you know, he was and just like full of, you know, energy and all. And... You know, I don't know if, you know, if I'm taking creative license here, but the gist of the story is he shared why he was so excited. And the reason why he was so excited is because he realized that he was running out of the wrong answers. He was running out of failures. I mean, you know, there's only so many times you can do the wrong thing before the right solution presents itself now again maybe it's my sixth grade um emotional level here or maturity level would probably be a better way to put it but i picture that version of edison like going around the shop like all like happy and shit this is before like hr you know in pc and all that kind of stuff i picture him my version of edison back then just like remember in talladega nights you know, you know, my version of Jesus is he has angels' wings and, you know, he sings lead for, you know, Leonard Skinner, right? But, you know, my version of um, Edison was that he was so happy. He was, like, slapping people on the ass and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like 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 he got laid the night before. Like, he's, like, you know, really in a great, hey, whoa, didn't everybody just, you know, come close to inventing the lipo? I just picture him, like, really in great spirits, and, you know, what a, What an amazing outlook of, you know, I'm running out of the wrong shit to do here. Got to be getting close. And then next thing you know, he nails it. So here's the point, right? Because I kind of belabored it with some stories and, and goofing around and stuff. Um, Don't hold back. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, just because you're coming off a bad month, bad quarter, bad year, a bad, you know, a bit of shit luck. You just had the year I had with, you know, brother dying, your wife with cancer and all that kind of nonsense. Don't think that that means that you are destined for failure. 
Really, I, I don't want you to do that. I mean, we've got, by the time most of you listen to this, we've got a brand spanking new month here. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to quote, I think, Tony Robbins on this one. He always says the past doesn't equal the future. And your past doesn't have to equal your future. Um, I don't care how many times you failed. I don't care how many times you missed quota or whatever. Understand that at any point, you can really just say, you know what? This is bullshit. This is unacceptable. I am not going to tolerate this anymore. And I'm going to fix some things. And I'm here to tell you, when you have that little epiphany and you have that moment where, you know, again, as I've always told you guys, where you're willing to have your ego leave the room and say, you know what, I'm going to take my medicine here. I'm going to hear some shit that I don't want to hear. I'm going to think about some stuff that I've conveniently put on hold and I'm going to deal with some stuff. And... You know, I'm going to fix this. And I'm going to get better. But before you go, two things. Number one, don't forget, I really don't care how bad last month was or the last quarter, the last consecutive quarters, the last, you know, year, the last, you know, decade of your life. It doesn't mean that you can't turn it around. But I want to be clear about something. Today, you might say, oh man, he broke his rule, man. He's doing the whole rah-rah thing. Maybe a little. But here's where I'm going to differ from all these people that like to pump you up with positive thinking and, you know, get you all on the rah-rah. You know, just sitting there going, yeah, that's right, man. You know, yeah, yeah, Google could do it. I could do it. Yeah, Paul turned his life around, all this stuff. Um, that's all a lot of hot air and hype, and that's a Red Bull adrenaline rush right there, folks. You got to get to work and get the plan going. And you got to think about, okay, why was my last month so shitty? You know, in terms, I'm talking sales now, right? I'm not talking about, you know, why was my last month, you know, so shitty? You know, last year so shitty. You know, what could I have done? You know, keep my wife from getting stage three cancer or my brother from dying. Well, nothing. But... I definitely was in control of my attitude. I definitely was control in control of how I chose to process it. And I will tell you this, it wasn't easy. But I chose not to allow myself to be a victim. To be, oh, look at my life, man. It's in, you know, it's in the shitter, you know, lost my brother, my wife, oh my god, or whatever. No. Nope. Nope. And I don't sit here bragging about that. I sit here happy with my choices because the younger version of me man i could get a freaking splinter and i would be complaining to the the first 10 people i saw about you believe this freaking splinter yeah but you won the the lottery yesterday yeah f that the splinter that was me so before you go just want to remind you about something i haven't talked about it in several months you know i have a sales program that you might want to check out and I'm very proud of the sales program because I have lots of other sales program where programs where it is, you know, pre-recorded or, you know, perhaps there's one if you've gone to my webinars. A lot of those we have two and three hundred people on them or whatever. This is a complete one-on-one 
customized training where just me and you, there's not going to be a bunch of other people, which means there's no hiding, by the way. When you're, when you're there with 200 other, 300 other people, it's very easy just not to, to participate or whatever. Um, it's going to be impossible not to <laughs> participate when it's just me and you. And the thing is with a lot of um, the online courses is that, yeah, you know, I hear all the time, I get a lot out of your courses and a lot out of your webinars and everything, but there's always some things that are not relevant. But when it's one-on-one, it is fully customized. The other thing about this program, that's kind of cool if I do say so myself, is you kind of have a help desk feature. What I mean by that is, you know, there are times where you want to shoot an email out to maybe a client or a potential client or you want to respond to something wouldn't it be nice to have someone um you know be able to give you some feedback on it wouldn't it be nice to have someone else to go to and say hey man i have this challenge what are your thoughts you know what would you do what are my options right um so you get that too And I know that there's a lot of sales managers listening to this podcast. This would be an ideal program, not only for your newer reps, but your existing ones. And the reason why is because some of them, they don't want to go to you because they just know you have a million things going on. Um, But even so, you know, this can free you up a little bit. And, you know, let me run with this or whatever. And I'll, you know, I'm going to, I'm not there to replace anybody. I'm there to be a compliment to the great work that you're doing. So if you'd like to learn more, hope you do, visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales22. And I also want to tell you one last thing. A lot of the time when you hear something like this, that's one-on-one and it is um, customized right away. I might've lost you right after I said that because you might be, I can't afford it. Uh, I have news for you. First of all, there are no contracts. So go for a month and you say, you know what? I, I don't think this is worth it. I don't like it. Paul isn't for me. Um, I, I think he was doing quite a bit of silent farting while uh, you know we were on the call. And I, I, I think that's kind of rude. Whatever your reason is, I don't care. Um, you can stop. But the, the fee for this program is only 400 a month it's not where you have to basically go sell off a kidney to do it so it's very affordable and quite frankly i think you're worth that investment in yourself so please visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales 22 yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales 22 with that i'm paul castain from yoursalesplaybook.com i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get them The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castane Training Systems production. Subscribe to our free sales tips by visiting yoursalesplaybook.com slash subscribe.